Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest good morning, Andrew. Well, good morning, Edwin. Here we are. You know, we're in our new recording digs. We, this, figuring this all out. We are. It's, it's a new it's a new space, a new situation. <laughs> Going to have to get it all reset up again so that it sounds just right. But hey, we're making it this week by the providence of God. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, so we're, we're going to get through this week. You know, and, usually we sound like we're right in someone's ear, and now we, you know, we're probably right next to them <laughs> in a porcelain room. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to figure this out. But uh, all right. So we're still in Matthew 17, though. Yes, we are. And in yesterday fact. we talked about the transfiguration, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that today. So maybe if we just go ahead and read the same section in Matthew 17, but how about you read it from the New King James today? Sounds good. Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8 in the New King James. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So after our conversation yesterday, you pointed something out to me that I had forgotten. We were talking about Moses and Elijah and their conversation that they yeah. were having on the mountain. And yeah. I and I think I made the comment that, well, we don't know what they were talking about. You you slyly slipped in. Well, we don't know specifically what they were talking about, but you reminded me that one of the other writers actually tells us, gives us some direction about their conversation. Yeah, so one of the beautiful things about studying the synoptics like Matthew is that we get a lot of these same accounts are in Mark and Luke, but with some other details, maybe some other perspectives. But one of the things we're told in Luke's account of the transfiguration, and that's in Luke chapter 9, is when they appeared, Luke 9 and verse 30, and behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So Peter notices that uh, Jesus is shining brightly than anyone could ever imagine, and where there had been one, now there were two. And one of the things that I find curious is, how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And yet, all of the synoptic gospel writers identify it is, in fact, Moses and Elijah. And here Luke's detail is that they're having a conversation, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, about basically the culmination of his ministry, that there will be a death and it will end in Jerusalem, which I think is one of those nice tie-ins In Matthew 16, last week's broadcast, of course, you have uh, Jesus speaking to Peter and telling him, prophesying his death 
in Jerusalem. And that's when Peter wants to rebuke Jesus and say, you you can't be talking about you're going to die and die in Jerusalem. And that's when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Well, anyway, we see that not long after this, when they go up on the mountain, it is truly God's will, the things of God, that Jesus must go to Jerusalem and to die. And here is counsel about this, perhaps encouragement about this, by the spiritual beings of Moses and Elijah. So there they are discussing the will of God. And I find it fascinating because here is Moses, the great lawgiver, the great prophet, uh, excuse me, and then Elijah, who is the great prophet, a chief among prophets from the Jewish perspective, Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus about the death of Jesus in Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting. You keep saying they're talking about his death because the New King James says decease. Yes. The ESV says departure. Guess what the Greek word is? Uh, I got a marginal note here. Sorry, I got a marginal note here. Uh, death, but perhaps literally departure. Well, it's Exodus. Oh, is it really Exodus? <laughs> it's Exodus. How perfect is that? <laughs> which, which of course, that could refer to death. That could refer to leaving. leaving. I, I mean, it, you know, it's not. It's not telling us one or the other. But, but it is a little on the nose for this <laughs> callback. For this callback to, to Moses and his experience on the mountain and seeing the glory of God. <laughs> yeah. So talking about his <laughs> exodus. All right. So we we know a little bit about their conversation. We don't know the details, but certainly talking about God's plan for Jesus and of course Moses and Elijah, the but law you, and the prophets I was were all say this, looking forward yeah, to that. But in the bigger picture, the law and the prophets are all looking forward to this Messiah and his atoning work. And was it uh, Peter? Peter himself is going to say that many had longed to look into these things and hadn't known. And that's right. So First here's Peter. Moses and Elijah that when they were writing Second and reporting, didn't know what mm-hmm. they were talking about. And now they're finding out, oh, this is what it was all yeah, about. Yeah. So very that's, exciting. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. In but fact, here, excitement, I think, is certainly the word for this moment because Peter in this rush he, he wants to mark this moment. Yes. He wants to build a monument, which can I tell you is, is also a bit of an Old Testament idea, yes. isn't it? Yeah. That when something great happens, we need to make a monument, make an altar or a pile of rocks or uh, a tabernacle, he suggests here. So we've got the word tabernacle here. I've heard different commentators comment on that in different directions. Some would point out, well, yeah, tabernacle, like that Old Testament tabernacle, a place of honor and respect and worship. Now, I've heard others say, no, 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 it can't possibly be that. You're just talking about tents, about shelters. and But, boy, there sure seems to me to be some type of mindset from Peter of honor, mm-hmm. not just oh, hey, do you guys need a place to sit down and, and cover yourselves with shade? Right. Be protected from the element. From the sun, it sure yeah. seems that he wants to provide something that is honoring mm-hmm. and respecting. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those moments when it comes to Peter that I just want to say, well, bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> he tries so hard. And he sometimes gets praised and rewarded and blessed because he went out and stepped out on the limb and that limb held him. Yeah. And he gets said, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because you said this and I know God revealed it to you. But then there's other times when it's like, no, Peter, you're you're just completely missing it. And this is one of those missing it times. Well, it's not as bad as get behind me, Satan. It's not as bad as get behind me, Satan. But he does find himself corrected by the voice of God. <laughs> yeah. Which would be pretty pretty humbling. Pretty humbling. So the bright cloud overshadows and says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to 
him. Mm-hmm. And it calls to mind Psalm 2, where as it, uh, back in, those who might remember, if they listen to our conversations back as we were going through the Psalms way, 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 way back, back a year in and a half ago. Season two, way, season, way back in season week two. Week two of season two. Yeah. A year and a half ago, we read Psalm two, and this was the Psalm about the king being placed on Zion's hill, and he is called God's son. Mm-hmm. This is my son. Today I have begotten you, it says in Psalm two. But we are remembering that. Here is the king. Here is the Messiah, the ultimate fulfillment of all those king prophecies and promises. And God says, now here's what you need to do with that. You listen to him. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. It's no longer listen to Moses and Elijah. It's listen to him. In other words, Jesus is not just a leader among leaders. Mm-hmm. He is not a lawgiver among lawgivers. He is not a prophet among prophets. He's not even the greatest prophet. He's not even, excuse me, I should say just. He's not just the greatest prophet. He's not one prophet among many great prophets. He is the son. He is the king. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is the son of God who has come into the world. And now he is the one we're listening to. I also think that also demonstrates that Peter was wanting to do something that was somewhat honoring and respecting and worshipful, setting up a monument of something. He wasn't just saying, let's let's set up three shelters. Well, let's let's think through that for a moment. So if he's trying to do something honoring, then he's trying to place Jesus on an equal footing yes. with Elijah and Moses. Which, which again, bless who, his heart. Who, who could be better than Elijah and Moses oh, from yeah. that perspective, right? And so in his effort to honor, honor Jesus is actually not near enough. That's right. You're actually pulling Jesus back down from a from a place of primacy that, that he deserves and must not be lowered to. The Hebrew writer at the beginning of his letter slash sermon, however you want to view that epistle or book, he actually drives home the very point that the Mount of Transfiguration brings to mind. Mm-hmm. Here's how Hebrews opens. Long ago, At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited it is more excellent than theirs. Mm, That's glorious. Notice this thing about being the exact imprint of the nature, the radiance of his glory. This is Mount of Transfiguration language. It's Mm -hmm. calling to mind that very image that this is who God is. This is who Jesus is. And what is happening on the Mount of Transfiguration is the physical embodiment of this point that the Hebrew author makes uh, several years later about Jesus. And what's his point? He used to talk to us through the prophets, through the fathers, through Moses, through Elijah. But now he's speaking to us through his son. Listen to him. So I guess that's a message about authority, um, a message about revelation and how God was working towards this. And here's a final word and a final messenger, the son of God can't be topped. Well, a very practical and pragmatic thing that we need to recognize here, a principle that we need to recognize here. Certainly Jesus speaks to us through the apostles and prophets of Mm -hmm. the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But what is really being highlighted is that there was a move forward when Jesus came along. Moses and the prophets, Elijah, 
the written prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, even as the Jews would view it, I think they saw the prophets as we call it history, but some of the history books like Joshua and Judges were considered early prophets Mm -hmm. and the way they thought that. What what is really being pointed out is there was an old covenant. There was a covenant that God made with the nation of Israel through Moses and the prophets, Mm -hmm. and that isn't our covenant anymore. Mm -hmm. God has made a new covenant Mm -hmm. with a new people. Now, all those who were in the old covenant are free and invited to become come into the new covenant. Yes. But also folks who weren't, weren't part born of that into old it, covenant right? were allowed to come in. We are allowed to come into that new covenant. Yeah. And what he's saying is, yes, there has been a shift. There has been a move. We have moved from the old to the new. There was an inferior and now there's a superior. And that's because this is what God was always pushing towards. This is what God was always leading to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and salvation in his name. And to kind of put a bow on that, uh, they're talking about his death or his exodus at Jerusalem. And what we learn in Colossians, what we learn in Ephesians is that this law was nailed to the cross. That there in that death, there is the completion, the consummation of that previous uh, covenant and the ushering in of the new covenant. Thanks a lot for listening to our conversation today. What's wonderful things that we're learning about Jesus, our Savior, as he fulfills the law and the prophets. And he, he, he he doesn't destroy them, he doesn't abolish them, but he fulfills them. That's right. And so we've moved to that new covenant and we listen to Jesus. So excited about that. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the covenant that you have authorized and ratified through his sacrifice and his blood. May we be a part of that. May we live according to it. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.